in your opinion, can your unconscious mind or thought turn on and off a gene? Um, so we know that stress can affect how genes are switched on and off. That's an emotion, isn't it? Is it an emotion? Stress, I don't know, but it's a... Stress is a hard one to quantify. Is yeah. that chemicals released? Yeah, cortisol, uh, adrenaline, yeah. these things. So we know those affect genes. So, that, how so it could on. the opposite? So, the, so that. to come back to before we do the Please, opposite, yeah. um, can therefore, if that's maybe the opposite, the opposite of stress is... Um, being zen-like exactly yeah. Um, yeah. and being chill well, then the answer is yes because of course if you switch things off then you're they're normally on so you've changed gene expression pattern. we call this gene expression and gene expression patterns ladies and gentlemen welcome to Bill and Roop's Fairly Accurate, accurate Podcast, podcast. How are you doing, Roop? Hey, Bill. No, I'm okay, actually. Bit, bit knackered again. You, what, you've been because I went to Ikea. Oh, uh, you went to Ikea without me? I went without you. I didn't know you liked Ikea. I hate Ikea, but if I'm oh. going to go to Ikea, yeah. I'd, I'd like go with somebody I like. But the cues for the meatball was like you, you couldn't even... I, I had to turn away from the meatballs. Um, so it was that bad. And it was all the way now because Coventry won't shut, obviously, yeah. as we all know, which meant I had to go on the M5. Yeah. Past Walsall and all uh, that area. And I just I, I just hate doing all that. So I ended up going up there and then we bought some stuff. I had to put it all together today. So I've got blisters and everything. Well, you've and had I'm, a, I'm looking forward to this so much. Uh, you've had a busy day. I've been blooming clothes, you. clothes yeah. shopping. You haven't been clothes shopping? Flipping ate it. I can't stand clothes shopping. I wanted some jeans. Oh. I see Wranglers. Years ago, you'd get Wranglers or you Levi. Did. Ended up with Marks and Spencer's jeans oh. with an elasticated waistband. Comfortable. Well, they are comfortable, but, you know, I mean, it's not exactly the Levi's. But I know somebody knows all about jeans. Do you? <laughs> See what I did there? That's all what you it's not, did. It's not that just was a thrown segue together. away and everything, wasn't it's it? not just thrown together. No. Today's... <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> Today's guest is Professor Kevin Moffat a Director of Outreach at the School of Life Sciences at the University of Warwick. Sounds official. It is good, though. School of Life Sciences is a world-leading bioscience research establishment based in the UK. Uh, Professor Moffat has a PhD in bacterial genetics. Wow. Genetics, love genetics, Rupert. Yeah, at Cranfield, yeah. And a physiology and biochemistry honours degree. Blimey! I know you got a, you. But you were a scientist. I was a scientist. I did a bit of a bit of immunology. I was a microbiologist from Birmingham Uni. About the same time as this young man, but he took it a step further or more. I did. I just didn't leave school, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Professor uh, Moffat studies genetics. Yeah. Annoyingly, is a really good singer. He is. That's how I know him, you see. Brilliant guitarist. Uh, and great songwriter. Great songwriter. So really nice bloke. Where were you two last night? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please welcome Professor Kevin Moffat. Yay. Thank you. Thank welcome. you for having me. Thank, Thank you. I'm so worried. <laughs> <laughs> so do we call you Prof? Yeah, well, do we call you Prof? Kevin, K- Professor Moffat, what's the right terminology? Seeing what the list was. Um, yeah. I think just Kevin or Kev. Kev. Yeah, Kev, good, Kev, isn't it? Kev works for me, yeah, but I am a bit in awe. My, right. Some of my students um, call me Prof Moff. Prof Moff. You know these and degrees my, my... are so long, though. You know these names, yeah. like it was that physiology and what? Do you have to like write that? You know, like if you're going on a passport, if someone's reading your passport, goes, oh, he's a physiology educationalist person no, or whatever. I just write lecturer. Yeah. Um, the trick is not to sp- to misspell it. Yeah, very no. good. Well, <laughs> well, that's first question, right, Kev? Okay. Kev. Have you heard of Professor Anne Ferguson-Smith, the Vice-Chancellor for Research at the University of Cambridge? No. You've never heard of her? No. Does she know me? Seriously? Yeah, I don't know her. Oh, she's an expert in whatever you do. (laughs) Yeah. But but, But it's only Cambridge. Yeah, right, OK. Well, anyway, she couldn't come on. Oh, OK. So we got you. But um, she's just done a podcast on the BBC... Yeah, but nobody listens. About fly fruit flies. And you're thinking, well, they're nicking our ideas. They are, yeah. It's an outrage. 
I boycott the woman. But no, she she was very interested. And but basically, <laughs> I linked all their questions. Okay. <laughs> oh no, you're going to do a comparison. <laughs> Similar, oh. but basically, I just wrote down everything. This, is a, pressure, to... this is a pressure podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Like from the beginning, Kev. Right, uh, where you come from? Because I, I got you've got a bit of an accent, so I'm guessing Exeter or. Uh, Bridgewater, that sort of area. Oh, I'm looking at you. I'm, I can hardly I'm, breathe. For, I can for listeners hardly out there, breathe. He's not looking good. This is not a good start, Bill. <laughs> so, I'm, Exeter I'm, is I'm, what county are we talking? Are we talking England there? That is definitely England. You're yeah. not from England then? No. Oh. I'm from the land down further. So, Devon. Oh, come on, be <laughs> We're talking France now, aren't we? <laughs> It's the bit, I, know. I come from the bit between Brittany and Wales. You're a very proud Cornishman. I am I know a very that. proud Cornishman. Oh, I like I hashtag jam first. Oh, oh, jam first. That was the question. I was going to ask you that. Well, it's just the obvious question. I know, I know. But the thing is, you're probably wrong. No offence. But you, anyway. We could talk about the way they crimp pasties. Yeah, there's only, so, um, yeah you, um, not, you, there's only so many crimps you can put into a pasty. In oh, Devon. Is that the Basically, difference? Devon do it illegally, along with the cream. <laughs> And but, it, I, I apologise to anybody from Devon, but, you know, there's the law and there's the, the wrong thing to do. But can you surf? Facts, I mean, you, it's no Yeah, good. I grew up surfing, yeah. You did? Oh, I never Yeah, knew. I'm rubbish at it now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite scared, when I, mainly of the sewage, but also of the waves. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> but when you go down there now, OK, yeah. do you... At this so, weight? <laughs> Have you seen me in a I've seen your Facebook. You do leave oh, yes. your photos. My wife available. does take pictures of me yes. in a wetsuit. You're looking quite, you know, you did. I think you I were think holding you're... your stomach in a bit. I was a lot. I could hardly breathe. <laughs> uh, yeah, after that moment Mate, of photograph, look, I went. Looked, <gasps> well, you look like a proper oh, I, I thought I'm going to have to wear some Marks and Spencer's jeans. <laughs> just can't get into the so, old Did you grow up in Cornwall? I did. I did. I grew up in Cornwall. I grew up in Lanson. Yeah. Which is almost England, but it definitely feels very Cornish. Okay. Yeah. So, was you clever at school? No, I was pretty average. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was pretty average. And I woke up one day, because I was asleep for most of the three years <laughs> in the high school. Uh, oh, we had to do, we had to do um, the 11 plus at primary school. Yeah, just yeah. Did, see. Um, and some of us passed, others of us didn't. Yeah, I passed. Yeah, right. I was good. Ooh. There was no grammar school to go to. Right. <laughs> so they just did it. So we just, they just streamed us in the local comprehensive. Oh. So there was warfare and then the top streams. Yeah, and uh, so I was kind of in the middle of the of the of the top streams, um, and I was, but I wasn't very good. I I misbehaved in French, and um, they wouldn't let me do O level French, which meant I I couldn't do O level Latin. I was gutted, oh. um, and uh, but also it's difficult to do the there's all the sciences. So they put me in the CSE science class. Yeah. But those of you who don't know this, I, you're talking my language now. Can I just because CSEs so... were for you, 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 if you were rubbish at the subject, <laughs> like I couldn't do maths very well. Oh, I, I was maths. in the CSE group for maths. Yeah. But in some of the other subjects, I was in the O-level group, and it was a bit like a badge so, of honour. Yeah, had being in the CSE group, it's like oh, I am not a SWAT. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah, you had to get you had to get your ranking, didn't you? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it I was, was in a... I was in CSE French, and and I am banned from Latin, and banned. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> banned from Latin in CSE French. Loved history, and then I figured out that biology was pretty similar to history. Just had to remember lists and draw some pictures. Yes. It was a bit like geography, colouring in maps. That's what geography was in those days. And I was yeah. good at colouring in. And I looked around the CSE science class and thought, well, I can do a bit better than this. And then I started to actually do some work, like homework. Wow. And then I started passing exams. And then they ha they had to put me in the O level, the science O level classes. I see your yeah, your and flair got you. I through. just got me through. Yeah, mm. and I had a brilliant teacher. We all have heroes, don't we? Mm. Yeah, I had a, I... Mr. Brothwell was my music teacher, oh. which is why I'm rubbish at. Mr. Brothwell, <laughs> if you're out there, who was your you art teacher? Really who was your art teacher? Do you know? I'd never got into art class. I never got. Never into did it. it. Never brilliant. did it. He no. couldn't do coloring in. He no, couldn't, couldn't follow the numbers. I wasn't, <laughs> no, it wasn't until later on. Because that's was, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I had I had I had this wonderful wonderful uh, biology teacher, uh, Mr. Flay. Mr. Flay was fantastic. And he taught us only two things. I don't know how he got through the exams. He taught <laughs> us how to dissect primroses, because that's important. Wow. Uh, because there are primroses that uh, that, ha that uh, have their little bits in the middle higher or lower, and oh. they pollinate each other. It's very interesting. Right. Um, Mr. Flay taught us how to dissect those, and he taught us genetics. And what he did was just make up stories 
about local farmers <laughs> <laughs> and their families and extended cattle. <laughs> so we, Brilliant. And so we just the stories kept us interested. And do you know, out of a class of, I think there were eight of us in the, the A-level class and three of those people became professors no, of biology. you're joking. Wow. That's no, just that down to one teacher. It was amazing, yeah, yeah just that one Isn't teacher. Isn't that amazing? And one person from the year above became a professor. Yeah. Brilliant. Did you yeah. get to cut up the animals or yeah, not? We did, yeah. Got wow. to cut up things. We liked that. We, he was mates with the local vet, so anything that didn't make it through the vets used to come to the school labs and we'd pin out greyhounds and roadkill and we would just dissect it. Do you remember doing ox's eyeballs? Yeah, ox's eyeballs. Do you, remember, do you do that, Bill? You couldn't get through it, could you? Because it was you so tough. It was just like, oh, and, then, oh, and then you just stick it on your hand. Oh, oh we were so naughty at school. Oh, we used to dig the eyes out of dogfish. And we didn't really know what, but they'd been fixed in a, a substance called formaldehyde, formaldehyde oh, and we used to put it in people's coffee. Smell, oh. <laughs> it's utterly poisonous. You meant that smell never really? left you no, for years. You, know, you could smell us coming from miles yeah. away, a fish and formaldehyde. No. The most disgusting. So I, I, I grew up kind of not minding the smells and squeamish squidginess bits of biology. Squidginess of the, yeah, detritus of biology. I liked all that. I liked digging. Like, do you remember that guy, the plant guy? Who used to oh, the swap get, guy. Yeah, right oh, in yeah. under. What's it called? David, De- David, David Bellamy. Bellamy. That's yeah. it. Yeah, we still, I, I liked all that. I liked. Yes, I still yes. love pond dipping to this day. Brilliant. I like getting my hands. That's the way we all started, though, in biology, wasn't it? Yeah, you you learned about place. skaters and you learned about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've now Stickle done bats. extreme pond dipping where we take extreme. the essence. We get. We what, take, you do it halfway down a cliff? Well, there is that. With an ironing board. No. We just take go and get the water out of ponds, and yeah. where the people are looking at the big things, we get them under the microscopes that you would, you know, those yeah. microscopes that are glowing in the dark. Amazing. We talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that we did. Yeah. Yeah. You look at ponds. And stuff. you know, isn't that a great way with like young kids now? Because I'm very lucky to have a, a, you know, couple, you know, some grandchildren who are that age where you can take them to a pond and you can have a look, and there's so many things to see, and you forget that this is what excited you yes. about. Yes, brilliant. All that. Yeah. And then I got really into tardigrades. Got into what? Oh, tardigrades. Those little jobs that little jobs. live on you. And well, they don't really live on you. They live in the, the, the wet, moist oh, leaf litter right. and, the, and, the, and the moss. They're, they're called moss another, piglets. They are aliens, aren't they? They look like oh, aliens. They might be. No, I don't know. I don't know. There's no evidence that they're aliens. But well, we, no, when you look close up, yeah, they look like this, aliens. They're yeah. definitely not from planet Yeah, Earth. I've spent... I've spent Two weeks of my life sometimes looking for them on a beach in Cornwall and not finding any. Really? <laughs> I, I so, to Deb's annoyance, who's not here tonight to... Def, to sorry, Deb. So let's put, <laughs> let's put a link to a, an image of a tardigrade. So a people, tardigrade. so listeners, Definitely. when they get this, so you can look in the footnotes, everyone, and you can have a look at some pictures and some videos of tardigrades because they are quite unusual and they are everywhere. They, they are cosmopolitan, is what we use the term. They're cosmopolitan. Wow. They're everywhere. They're even on the moon. Get out of here. So now this I don't get. Uh, alive. Is no. it? Oh, that's, a good, that's a good point. But So there was an Israeli uh, foundation called the Arch Foundation, and they have a mission to um, perpetuate kind of the knowledge of humankind, should we say that? And they make these libraries. That's what they started making libraries all around the world. And they decided what they would do is put some stuff on the moon. Right. So they got a payload onto a rocket and a, a lunar lander. And they, true story, they fired it at the moon and um, it was all going well until about five kilometres above the planet when one of the, the engineers obviously weren't that good and the stabilisers for the descent broke or the, the engine burnt out and it crashed into the moon. Crashing. And on, in that payload, they had um, a disc and in it were some tardigrades. So that the newspaper the next day was the sun was showing, you know, not what I believe everything that the papers say yeah. <laughs> the sun was going you know pigs are back in space yeah, yeah. because they're called micro pigs or wow. you know, and uh, so they spilt these tardigrades on the moon along with human blood and human hair yeah so they contaminated the moon as a surface and the chances are those tardigrades will will not be alive because when they don't have any oxygen they go into a quiescent state called a ton yeah and they can survive like that we know they can survive on earth between well we know they can do it for 30 years, and so they might be able to do it for about 130 years. They can sit quiescent, and then you can just add water and get them back, which is pretty cool. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they found them in Antarctica like that. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. But this is the thing about biology. I remember seeing a picture of a virus when I was little. It looks like a lunar module, right? Yeah. And or a T4 phage does. Well, it? a T4 phage, absolutely. But I don't want to. We know what we're talking like, about, we, don't we? We, we know we, what we're talking we about. Know these words. A bit of the T4 phage. We'd like to sprinkle that into our <laughs> podcast, you know? But. Um, <laughs> 
What gets me about it? It's not a living thing, is it? It's like if you had it no, in a jar. No, that's right. Do it's you... like a. It's like a jar of crystals. Or here's an amazing stat. I don't. It's, it's, this... not, it's not life, but it can infect you. What's that about, then, S- Professor? So the stat is even scarier. Something like one mil of seawater has more phage in it yep. than there are animals and plants and microbes on the planet. A phage is a virus. A phage is a virus. Yeah, which attacks a, which is which, really small and can <laughs> actually attack a bacteria. They, they attack yeah. bacteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. don't attack us. No. In fact, you can use them to defend us against infect bacterial infections. Amazing. So, but so, there's, there's more phage. So the, the, the most abundant biological element on the planet is not alive. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And and so what's that about? So there are, yeah. Bill, what's that about? Seriously, Bill. I could listen to this. Does that believe I does that believe amazing. does that it's not, so God exists then? No. We've proven it. Obviously it does. Obviously not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's speak. take it back. Let's get let's get, what's take that? it back. Can we take get Brian back. Cox? No, Rewind tape bit, okay? Sorry, sorry. Kev. Right. You went to um, what is it? You went to Reading University. Oh, University of Reading. Yeah, okay. And you dealt with the normal functions of living organisms and their parts. Organisms. Yeah. yeah. Physiology <laughs> and biochemistry. I did. Yeah? So, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, did yeah you because I was so or, rubbish at my A-levels that I couldn't get into the University of Bath to do biochemistry. So I'd accidentally put Reading <laughs> on my UCAS form. And so I ended up at Reading. Is that um, true? Nothing against Reading. I actually quite like the place. Oh, it's yeah, I live there. It's it's there. <laughs> yeah. But was the dream like get a job at Port and Down or something like that? No. So, no. no, no, I didn't go to Reading with a purpose. I went to Reading because I couldn't go somewhere else. Oh, you are so... I'm, I'm so, I'm so brilliant. sorry to disappoint you. No, not at all. <laughs> so, and then you went to Cranfield University, well, which is uh, a you good know, university. Well, I tell you... A college yeah. of knowledge. A college of knowledge. So... Uh, I have to say I am utterly grateful to the University of Reading in hindsight. Shall I yeah. tell you the story? Go on, please. Okay, so I hated my degree with a passion. Yeah, utterly hated. I should have done a degree in genetics, yeah, because that's what I loved at school. Okay. And for some reason, I enrolled myself on a course which is second hand on my UCAS form because that's the only one I could get into because I did, did rubbish in my A levels and I was normal. We all did. Yeah, we all did. We, at my school, nobody got a, only one person had got an A in living memory. Yeah, he got three A's and went to Cambridge. Yeah, the rest of us. We're all and disappointed. I bet, he's, I bet he's not a happy person. Do you know he is? Because he's a, a Drosophila fruit fly biologist. No. And I met him in the States 20 years later. <laughs> no, but you didn't get any A's. I know, I didn't Should get any A's. He was, he was horrified. Oh. And I played badminton with him in the, in the school team. What's Did his you beat him? Like? Did you beat him? No, he was much better than I was. He's oh, better at everything, yeah. Well, you should have lied. Then, I don't like him. I don't lied. I lied. Yeah, I is, forgive him. Is he, like, has he got some really nice girlfriends? Is that as well? No, I don't think so. I don't know. He's going to hate me if you brought that bit out. Okay. <laughs> I haven't given a name here. But, okay, so you Nick, you, you went to Cranfield. <laughs> oh, so so yeah. let me tell you how I got to Cranfield. So I go to Reading. I hate my degree. So just to annoy the um, the timetablers, I decided I'd do a subsidiary subject. I had to do paleontology in the chemistry department. Yeah. I had to do zoology, which I loved. Um, yeah. I thought I had to fill my subject up with a note. I chose soil science. Yeah. The timetablers yes. hated this because the soil science was two miles away. I didn't really figure that every Wednesday afternoon I couldn't play tennis because I had to go and cycle to the soil science lab uh. two miles away. But never mind. Just to annoy them, I kept going. It was a rubbish course. The most, most famous soil science department in the country. And it was just nonsense because I'd grown up in Cornwall. I know how to make sandcastles. And I found myself in a lab making sandcastles and putting oh. weights on it to see when they would fall down, thinking, really? At least I wasn't paying university fees. I had a grant. <laughs> but I was pretty annoyed. And then one day I went into the soil microbiology lab and we did some mud and we found some bacteria and my life changed. It's like that's when I found religion. Because <laughs> I saw the microbes on the yeah. plate and I, I wanted to work with bacteria. Yeah. And so... The department I was in did no molecular biology at all, nothing. So I went out to a local company and found some molecular biologists who gave us a project um, to take two different things from bacteria and put them together and make some new DNA. And we did it. And my department hated it. And then I found it really hard to get a reference. I couldn't study any further. (laughs) So then I had to find somebody that would take me without a very good reference. (laughs) That was I remember remember in those days, I remember in those days, right, you know, it was hard to get jobs, wasn't it? Oh, just I'm gonna to have to take this, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm, hello there, hello there, Chris. Are you okay? Oh, hi, Ruth. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the middle of a podcast, darling. Sorry, but yeah, carry on though. Oh my god, sorry, I didn't. Oh, Ruth, I 
just need to get you um, on the way home for bills. Can you get some toilet rolls? I'm completely out of toilet rolls. Are you joking? Can you go to Jane's yeah. next door? She got some. Are you desperate? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but honestly, literally, we've got. Okay, some. I better go. Sorry, Kev. Oh, I'm sorry, Kev. Get, sorry. The white, get the white ones. Oh, Double cushioning. Do you want extra cushioning? This Kev is here, by the way. Do you want to say hi, hi to Kev? Oh, hi, Kev. Hi, Chris. Hi, hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. And Bill's here too. Get the cushioned okay. ones. Okay. Four ply. Yeah. You went to IKEA without us, Chris. How could you go to IKEA without us? Oh, no. Well, IKEA was great. It was amazing. It wasn't great. We couldn't yeah, get to the meatballs. Uh, <laughs> all right, I better go now. We've got some very important people to talk oh, to, Chris. Sorry to interrupt you guys. Bye. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 I want to get. I'm just hoping she'd say extra cushion in. These things, these things are necessary in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, my my question to you. Sorry, just so she interrupted me. No, but you know the time you're talking about this passion. You're obviously passionate, mm. and you love your biology, and you've got these soil samples. Remember, yeah. and you're looking at. The thing is, I remember being like, Smelt. In, in those days, I just thought, why am I doing biology? Because I ain't going to get a job out of this. And, and most of the people that were doing biology ended up as accountants. Some of them still do. I know. And I just thought, I don't want to do that. What, so what made you carry on and stay on? I, I think because I, I was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think because my brother had done a degree in microbiology, and right. I, he's 10 years older than I am. And so I thought this is what everybody did was oh. be a biologist. My dad was really into fishing and walking in nature. So um, I just thought everybody was interested in biology and you were weird if you didn't like biology. So I just kept going. So I didn't do great at school. I didn't do great at my A-levels. I did a pretty average degree. I managed to get into Cranfield. Um, and I just kept I didn't want to leave school. I just loved learning. I, I loved doing more biology. I think he's underplaying. Oh, he's under, I think he's clever. I, it, got, it got better. It got better. I've got to ask Kev. Right? I was a late, you know, late biolo developer. Biology, okay. Is, Histology. You, yeah. you learn all about the human body. That's just what I yeah? yeah. Okay. So do you know all about, like, women's bodies? No, <laughs> there's bits of the because there's bits I don't know about. Is it bits? <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to. Yeah, no, I don't know all uh, everything about women's bodies. Uh, I'd be thought. more successful in in a variety of activities if I did. Oh, I was going to get you a few. <laughs> but you can ask me what you like to see if well, I can answer after it after the podcast. Afterwards, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just some pictures. I'm good at drawing. Yeah. Well, not as good as Rupert's drawing, but you know. Okay, so technical drawing. <laughs> in 2008, to show that we did our research, you um, wrote a paper called "Drosophilia Genetics for the Analysis of Neurobiological Disease." You like, nearly said that really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> don't edit it because that's well, gorgeous. Tell, okay, tell our listeners for those who don't haven't got a clue. I wrote the preface for the book. I think you want to say again. I wrote the start of the book. Was that a book, was it? It was a book, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Is it, you... a bit like, is it a bit like, has it got like a, is that like a hero's journey? Oh, I like the thought of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just to say how useful, Dros let me give you the right pronunciation, Drosophila yeah. is at studying neurological diseases, neurodegenerative diseases and oh. other. Ah, not just fruit flies then? Well, well yeah. Mm. The book was only about one type of fruit fly. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking about the application of the fruit fly yeah. in understanding what is really important research about neurological. Yeah, I was not where I started at all. I I, I I started just being interested in how flies jump. <laughs> well, that's it's, obviously yeah. common to quite yeah, a lot you, of us. You got a fly uh, here; it's pretty annoying. Yeah. God, that fly! My wife says, "I'm going to kill it." So you try to go. Yeah, and you miss. But I've got a theory about that. I, I think they work on a different time. They do. Parallel. It's exactly, you, they do. Do, do they? Tell Is that true? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Just bearing in mind, right, that I've got a flipping great big plaster on me at Is the moment. Horsefly. <laughs> right? And on there, horsefly. And my arm was like massive over the weekend. Yeah, this is true, ladies This is Joe, true. Yeah. Ruined my weekend. You went to A&E. Can, if you're going to tell us how you can kill these little mothers, right, I want to know. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I, I have to confess, I have killed a few fruit flies and flies in my life, but it I happens. try not we to. All kill them. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, yeah they, they've given me my very existence. So I okay. don't go around so murdering. Tell us them. about the jumpy bit. Oh, the jumpy bit. So I, I'm interested in how flies jump. So I, I was in. A, I went to Australia to do bacterial genetics. Yeah, after my PhD, I ran off to Australia. My wife came with me, <laughs> and uh, we lived in Australia for a long time. Amazing. And, and I got seriously burnt at scientific, meaning somebody else beat me to a. A particular project oh. and published before I did, so I was really angry, um, mainly because my boss had told them all my results. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of threw my toys out the pram and said, "I'm going home to England, and I'm, I'm not going to study this subject anymore." And they can all go do um What are you going to do? Oh. So I said, "I want to still do genetics, but I want to work on something bigger than bacteria." So I wanted to work on behaviour. So then I started to work on behaviour, and. Um, there are lots of behaviours that fruit flies do, not just biting like horseflies, but they they um, they drink, they eat, they jump, they swim. No, they don't swim. They fly. They have sex. They <gasps> they sing. They sing. I heard about sing. Is that yeah. how you got your love of songwriting? <laughs> yes, I think so. I really. thought yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that'd be the yes. case. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit buzzy sometimes. So I, I so I thought you could do. Um, you could look, you see what genes were involved in all those oops, all those genes that were involved in that behaviour. So um, I I invented some new tools to study that. Brilliant. Um, and with that, I studied decided to study an area I thought not many people were working on, which how which is how flies saw you coming and escape behaviours. I think that's fascinating. Do, and then do we, they see it coming? Oh yeah, God, they so see they it coming see, before. We almost, and are we like, are we like these big slow yeah, things to them? They live on a different time scale. They are. Yeah. So so although they only live for what three or four weeks or months or I don't oh know, yeah, well, you can keep oh, we could keep one in a lab if we keep it really looked after. We could probably a hundred days. So a hundred days, right? Yeah, but isn't very long in our last two weeks. Isn't very long in our time. But in its time, is that living like seventy years human time, sort of equivalent? You can do that, but that time scale is probably over your old age in a fly after about three weeks. So but, after twenty one days, you're old. So but, it's living a long time as an old fly. As an old fly, but. In in fly years, like dog years, dog like years. my dog is fifteen. That's about one hundred and forty now because yeah. you can't move. Yeah, so that's about yeah. You, Are we talking the similar? Yeah, you'd sort say of thing? you'd say sixty days was something like, um, I don't know, sixty years. Wow, seventy years, eighty years. So they like can that. see you coming, and you're just a slow, yeah. ponderous. Yeah. Thing. That's why. So if you want to hit, if you want to squash that fly, yeah, and you go like that, and it sees you coming, what you do is you get a great big book. So even if it takes off, you still get it. Oh, well, I'll be honest. Oh, this is these are good tips. It's a good tip. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Kev, um, because we do like to give a little present to our guests, and <laughs> and I had ordered from Amazon uh, a fly swap. Uh, yeah, but it, it it didn't come, and I've got Amazon Prime and everything, so. Uh, yeah, oh, but oh, and we'll God. give it you another day. Never mind. So just, we're not affiliated. So, are we? so yeah. So, so sorry. The connection then is, I study, and it turns out that once you, I've we solved a lot of things. We found some genes that were involved in that behaviour. We knew where the not neurons. We knew where we knew how the eyes worked. We we could find out lots of things, and then it turns out nobody cares. Nobody cares. They say well, this is so academic. Who cares? Um, uh, you can't have any more money. So my research grants dried up. So that's when I started working on neurodegenerative disease because there was a bit of research money. And then I did a lot. And then by 2008, I did enough to write with other people some book chapters, which is where you're picking that up from. I don't want you to say it's wrong, right? But <laughs> a fruit fly has a head, a body and an abdomen and some wings. OK? Yep. yep. <clears throat> and some legs. OK, I miss the legs. OK. An octopus. OK. Blue blood, got eight, three hearts. You know, they can oh, regrow the leaves, have 400,000 eggs, right? Wouldn't so that going? be a lot more interesting yes. than the <laughs> fruit more fly. to work on. <laughs> like, like, if you don't get, like, if you muck up one tentacle, you've got seven more. You yeah. get Professor, come on. <laughs> what, do you want me to work on octopi? Well, I'm just and thinking. they're bigger, you can see them. Yeah. So, pe uh, so yeah, people do. I mean, there are ethics around working with octopuses. They're quite clever animals. Maybe even sentient. Yeah. Fruit yeah. flies, well, they can learn things. They can remember things, but not not for more than a couple of days. Yeah, I'll give you that one then. And, uh, you know, if, if I gave you a chance to kill that horsefly, would you? I wouldn't kill it unless it was really bugging me. It's bugged you to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I, I, 
I'll, in the I'll moment, run away now. In the moment. I would kill it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, ethics, I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't got many ethics. I'll be honest. With you. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so you could work on octopi, and people do, but people would probably more likely work on squid. Uh-huh. You had to work on lobsters. They're quite tasty. But squid. Um, yeah, squid. People have worked on squid. Giant axons in squid. Giant axons. Now, Hutchkin earthworms have those, don't they? They do. Yeah. I, I just I just remember that from my... Yeah. I don't know where they that came from. Giant Cockroaches could, have them. We could do a whole podcast on giant axons. We could. That's my... And that's why thrushes, for example, you know when they when they try to get what, a... the disease? No, thrushes, the, the little the bird, bird Oh, sorry. I thought you, you know were... when they try to peck? When they try to peck a, a, an earthworm, the earthworm contracts really quick. Yeah. On that first touch. And that's a giant that's... axon. An axon's a nerve. Ooh, you're good, Rube. This oh, is great yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. Honestly, I know why you've got him in this room. Sometimes now. we come in here and, uh, and I can't get out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is taking me back to why I <laughs> love exactly biology. You know, but escape, uh, So I worked on giant fibre neurons in fruit flies. I'd love to talk to you about this one day. Yeah, not here maybe, but... Uh, I've got a couple of questions, right? Okay. Just basic stuff that... In case our listeners don't know. Yeah, sorry, listeners. Like me. All right. So do you work on the DNA of a fruit fly? I have done, yes. Okay. So what does a DNA stand for? What is deoxyribonucleic acid? Okay. And do you know how to spell that? Yes. Good. And... So this is the the bit everyone talks about the the double helix shaped twisted ladder thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what is a gene? Well, that's a very deep question. There you go. What is it? That's yeah. the best See? question I've ever heard. Great. What is a gene? A gene. Let me have a go at it. And go on. some biologists would disagree. A gene is a piece of DNA that encodes, I would say, a function. Okay. Yeah. Normally we think of that as students. We would think of that as a piece of DNA that encoded a protein. Okay. Yeah. And but the gene might also encompass the bit which switches itself on and that which switches itself off and that where it starts and that where it stops. And that could be several bits of DNA and they could be separated across a chro- across a chromosome. And in some animals, they're even separated across chromosomes. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's fantastic. So how many genes has a human got? About 20-something thousand genes. And they're bundled into the 23 chromosomes? 23 chromosomes, yeah. Okay, all right. So while researching this podcast, and believe me... I'm, I'm impressed, Bill, that you've I have this. loved this. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Apparently, only... A small percentage of our genes are used at any one time. Is that right? That's true, yeah. So that's madness. Why? Well, because you've got um, a huge amount of genes in your body and not oh, all, they're not actually doing anything. Yeah, you do. Actually, most of it's not doing anything most of the time. Why? Well, because it's... Are be they just lazy? I think maybe that, they're lazy. But no, the real reason is because, let's say you, you want to make um, it, no good you putting a brain in your big toe. Okay. Yeah, so the cells have to be different from one part of your body to another. So the the things that make a cell different are the genes that you switch on and those that you switch off. So every cell in your body, most of your cells in, in your body, have the same genes. Here's a great fact. If you take one cell, you have about, let's say on average, about, let's say, six feet of DNA in any one cell. Then the question is, how many cells in a human... Yeah. And people have tried to count them. And it's a bit of a, a guess, not a guess, but it's, 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 due, it's a bit of variation. 30 trillion. 30 trillion times six feet is enough DNA in you as a human being to go to Pluto and back 17 times. Disneyland is a long uh, way. Yeah, phenomenal. I know, and super. Mickey Mouse doesn't even know it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, that is phenomenal, actually. Do, do Does your... Genes in the DNA, or does our genes, or do us, does our DNA determine who we are? In part. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so it, does it link up with our ancestors, so that the, the ancestors pass on yeah, their absolutely. genes to us? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you know, me and you, looking at, looking at the colour of our skin, will have a different, slightly different set of genes. Okay. Yeah. So we will have more Neanderthal in than Roop, probably. 
Okay. Your root will have more Denisovan than yeah. more, we will. It's more gorgeous. It is more beautiful. Than Neanderthals. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, and sorry. Neanderthals are the causes why white men like you and me often suffer from diabetes more. Okay. And that's going back from our ancestors. Yeah. So can you turn on and off a gene? At will. Yeah. Um, in, a, in an animal like a fruit fly, you can. So in a, a human fly... being harder, ethically difficult to do. So you can turn a fruit fly's gene on and off. Because I've, I've had... Um, we ask our listeners to ask questions. Oh, no. OK. And one of the questions um, somebody called Louise rang in. <laughs> Louise? Think, I don't know who she is. Uh, she wants to know, in your opinion, can your unconscious mind or thought turn on and off a gene? Um, so we know that stress can affect how genes are switched on and off. That's an emotion, is it? Is it an emotion? Stress? I don't know, but it's a... Stress is a hard one to quantify. Is yeah. that chemicals released? Yeah, cortisol, could, adrenaline, yeah. these things. So we know those affect genes. So, and how so could on. the opposite So th to, that? To come back to, before we do the Please, opposite, yeah. um, can therefore, if that's maybe the opposite, the opposite of stress is... Um, being zen-like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And being chill. Well, then the answer is yes, because, of course, if you switch things off, then you're they're normally on. So you've changed gene expression pattern. We call this gene expression and gene expression patterns. Uh, I've not seen the studies, but it's... Uh, I didn't know that. I think yeah. that's amazing. So that, that's it's possible. Yeah, it's, we can imagine how that does it. Because external things can switch things on and off. The second thing is that... Um, not all our cells in our body and not all our genes react the same way. So if a gene that's switched on in both, let's say, my liver and my brain, because it's needed in both of those cells, sometimes things can happen that they switch off in one place and not in the other. And we call that epigenetic. That's one of my yeah. next question. So you change what genes. Oh, I, because I couldn't say the word epigenetic, I didn't ask it. I was going to say, are they inherited? That's my question. Uh, so, so it, what is epigenetics inherited? Yeah. Or is, so genes are inherited, yeah, because chromosomes are inherited. So epigenetics is things that happen to, to change the way DNA works, but it doesn't change the things it's made of. So we talk about DNA as being made of bases, yeah? And they're called A, C, G, and T, yeah? And A goes with T and C goes with G and it's in a double helix and it pairs up and it's all beautiful and it opens and closes. But things can happen to shut it down or to open it up, to make it allowable to things to switch on and things to switch off. And the things that affect that are called epigenetics. And if there are chemists listening, we would call it methylation or acetylation. There's a, there's a few different terms of chemistry that are used. But effectively, so you have, you know, who are the most identically DNA two people in the world? You may have some twins in your family. Their DNA is identical, and they're ve and if you know, if they're if they are um, identical twins, they're identical. But as they age, they become less identical, yeah. and that's because their DNA changes. Their code doesn't change, but their epigenetics ah, changes. A good way to explain that. And so their environment is changing how they turn their genes on and off. So as people, as tw identical twins get older, their DNA is not the same anymore. Yeah. The code is the same, but their epigenetics is not the same. And so they start to look different. Right. Yeah. And if you had somebody in a stressful environment and somebody in a calm environment, they would okay. look very different. So your social circumstances yeah. also... The environment affects how your genes work. Yeah. I've worked on that in fruit flies. So. That is amazing, yeah. right? Absolutely amazing. I, yeah, there's so many questions coming out of that. I thought you were just going to say no. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly I you thought you were no, going to say no. No, we know, that, we know the environment. Is, and there are very famous cases of the Dutch famine is the, one of the most famous cases. So where the Dutch were um, surrounded by the Nazis and starved. Uh, and the generations that follow um, like to eat quite a lot because they're used to, you know, there's, a, there's an epigenetic pattern that's inherited. So most of epigenetic patterns are removed in during um, during um, effectively the formation of the, of the, ind the new individual. So we wipe the DNA, we wipe the epigenetic pattern off the off the eggs and off the sperm, but some of them get through. So this is we're talking about within very few generations. Yeah. I mean, it's not with you know because evolution. 
I always thought was a bit took, took a bit longer. <laughs> well, some evolution does. Some evolution does. Yeah. But this is quite quick. So yeah, but this is epigenetic. Of, yeah. yeah, okay. You're not changing the code. Not changing the code, but you're no. changing the way they work. Yeah. Or what they're the function they're coding but for. Of course, you, but you, that's, you don't inherit a lot of it, but you do inherit some of it. Yeah. yeah. Is this this is more than CSE? Genetics here. I think you've gone. You've gone. You've, you've gone straight to university level. You're doing <laughs> well. When I asked you about the professor at the beginning, oh yeah, you said you didn't know, which ruined the joke totally. <laughs> yeah, by the way, she—that's what she studied epigenetics yeah, okay, yeah. on um, with, and how the, it turned on and off. It was it was added on to the gene, but I didn't understand it. But I just nicked have I helped you. Have I helped you answer that now? Go on. Well, no, I've stopped. No, 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 we'll, we'll come back I think, to that. I think you've helped. <laughs> okay, you've so helped. if yeah. you get a faulty gene, okay, okay yeah. all right, so it, does that always cure, I'm sorry, does that always cause an illness or often cause an illness? How does that work? So if you have a faulty gene, it doesn't always give you the illness okay there are some and we there's a, there's there's a lots of, of terms we use one of them is called one of them is called penetrance yeah mm. so if you have a a faulty gene um uh, then it could be that uh, and a disease like huntington's disease yeah, yeah. A neurodegenerative disease if you have if you are if you have inherit that faulty gene you're almost you're bound to get the disease yeah but for some genes um they only have a give you a risk yeah mm -hmm. so they will give you a 40 percent risk a 10 percent risk a three percent risk whatever it is and of course you can now sequence the, your genome and compile a risk wow for this Amazing. that and the other yeah so you could say you've got with this profile this is your risk with this profile this is your risk with this profile, you just do that risk. on ai you could get ai to help you do that it'd be a positive use of it yeah because it's hard to do so if you there's too many variables. If for us. you've got like a faulty gene that's hereditary, yeah. causes a hereditary disease. If you fix that in a person, will it fix that for the rest of their all okay, their ancestors? Okay, so that's so so we we separate that out into two things. And to tell you two things, there's the somatic treatment, which would help the individual. So let's take cystic fibrosis as yeah, probably okay. the most obvious genetic disease. You could perhaps find a way to to change the gene in the one patient. But unless you change their eggs or their sperm, you're not going to pass it down to the next generation. Because so it's already coded. So we call that yeah. the we call that germline transformation. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. So you'd have to affect the germline. But if you did it, let's say let's say you have um, uh, a newborn a a, a, a fetus that that is developing and you you've got it let's no let's cut cut right back go to ivf and you have an egg and a sperm and it's going to have cystic fibrosis because it's got two copies of the faulty gene you could correct that and allegedly people have done this yeah and the consequences of correcting that is means that every cell including the germline will be will be repaired that makes sense uh, okay. and that because will pass you've down it early enough you've caught it early yeah. there is a problem with that technology and we and the most famous one at the moment is called crispr yeah, and that's genome editing. Yeah, we call it CRISPR. It has a long history in bacterial and immunology. Uh, just to come back to what Root knows about, um, it has a long history of how that works. But we've used that bacterial tool to change DNA, and the problem with that is it has an error rate. It makes mistakes, so you can correct the thing you're looking for, but make four hundred other mistakes. Yeah, so there's yeah, a risk. Yeah. So it's very unethical unless we have better you editing don't know, tools. You don't know what's going. You're going to and there's no. moral. Yeah. So there's a moral. As well. So yeah. yeah. So what people have done now is they've got base edit. We call it base editing CRISPR, uh, and there are the, there are versions now that are much safer. But of course, people are still wary, and you're not allowed to do those experiments. You're not allowed to do those experiments because not on humans. No, not on humans, but people have done them allegedly elsewhere in the world. Uh, on a, an animal? Or? On a human. On a human? Yeah. yeah, people have done that. Because it's normal, isn't it? But the it? scientists have been disappeared, shall we put it that way? Wow. Because wow. it, it, it's CIA okay to... For, you know, if Different you've got a, a wheat <laughs> crop, yeah. you know what I mean? You can yeah. take... You can, yeah. um, 
gen, uh, genetically en- engineer genetic engineer a wheat crop. Yeah, and then that's not a problem, is it? I mean, people. Well, so what's wrong with? To. Yeah, well, yeah, well, quite. Yeah, but if you've got uh, seedless tomatoes, for example, it's not a problem. I know, I know, it's the same principle, though, isn't it? You're changing the gene of a tomato. Yeah, I think if your tools are safe enough, if your tools are, and you know how they work, it's much safer than evolution. Wow, Kev, that's yeah. pretty... Um... And it's much, therefore much safer than plant breeding. Because with plant breeding, up until recently, we didn't know what we were doing. So you breed two things together because this is, let me put it in, a, for the listeners, I'm putting quotes up, natural, yeah? But actually natural means you have no idea what's going on. You can be doing something quite dangerous unknowingly. Um, with a genetically engineered tool that's safe, you can predict with much more certainty what, it's, what you're doing. The consequences of what you're doing, of course, need to be measured. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's where the ethics come in, and that's where the protests will come in, and rightly concerned. If you put a a gene in that protects your crop from one herbicide, is that an ethical thing to do? You're protect you're 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 making that crop only marketable by the seller of the herbicide, which will then kill everything else <laughs> apart from your... That doesn't... And then it goes into the water course and got... Yeah, it depends who's making the rules up, isn't it? I mean, you say it's ethical, but the person who's making the law... Who decides? Do the professor decide? know the impact of what you're doing? Well, yeah, so, yeah. Who who decides, the, the, yeah. yeah the, the scientists shouldn't have the only say in it. No. Yeah, that's no. for sure. You need an ethicist, you need an environmentalist, yeah, yeah. you need yeah, an ethicist. Is there yeah. such a thing as Oh, yeah, yeah, there are ethicists, yeah. Are these yeah. religious? They used to be part of they used to be part of certain governments, but they got rid of them. <laughs> Can you imagine? You, you, I mean, Kev would make six foot six, blue eyed, blonde people with Cornish accents. Yes. And that's <laughs> good surfers as well. Good surfers yeah. have yeah. to be. I just just going back to um, our listener Louise's question though. I can't remember what it was. Well it was it was about can you feeling good or, yeah. or can you subconsciously affect what genes turn on and off and you you what was great uh, so to what hear I'm saying, was that it was it was yes was I, it? I, it was I think yes. it was yes. uh, well uh, you're p- pinning me down to yes but I'm saying um, it w- the mechanism would be known. So, so yeah. there is a mechanism to do Yeah, to you do could imagine that. how, because we know the environment can affect genes. Which expression. is, which I think is, I know we got the, you know, manually modifying our genes yeah. for for GMO crops and all of that, or or for cystic fibrosis and that sort of thing. But but I'm fascinated. I think Louise is spot on. You know, the fact that we can just do it from our minds almost leads us to. Uh, another whole subject about, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. mind medicine, doesn't so it? So, well, but what you can't do is con- what you've got no control. You don't know what you're doing, no, and you don't know what you're targeting. No. All you know is you feel better. Well, you've got a placebo as well, haven't you? Because you placebo is a huge thing. Yeah. yeah, because you can say, oh, you, you're cured now. Will that affect them? Will that affect yeah, their it gene? Would. It would. You see, placebo. placebo. I can't believe you're saying yes to these things. No, I just this is. It's I think brilliant. this is. I love it. Fascinating. Well, placebos and are well documented. They work brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we know this, the mind can control because it controls hormones and hormones control gene expression and therefore gene expression is changed. I'm thank God we're doing this podcast because the world needs to know this. But will it, can <laughs> you the world get already funded? knows. But can you get funded <laughs> yeah, on it's that? It's already funded. Not the world, not, There's not already funded. <laughs> people are doing this. Can they sponsor us? I have a colleague who works on stress. Uh, and I work on stress quite a lot. <laughs> Oh, you don't mean stress. that way, do you? No, no. no sorry. I mean, actually study stress. Yeah, ah. and so we 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 can see how that works. I mean, it's quite yeah. tough to put my IKEA furniture together. Well, it's IKEA. If you, if, what if you're out of lingonberries? Well, no, but there's, there was a knob missing. Lingonberries. Oh, no, but I found it. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Knobs on oh, IKEA and knobs. It was all Allen keys, by the way. lives on Allen keys. Can I ask you what I really want to know? Three groups wants to know. I've been excited about this. Professor, what what I'd really like to know. Sorry, can I call you Kev? You can call me whatever you like. Oh, Professor Kev. Um, what I really want to know, and I've wanted to know for about 60 years of my life. No, actually, no, because when I was at uni, I don't know, this is about 1986. I asked a professor there this, and they said, they said, fob me off. They said, this is too advanced for you. You're just an undergraduate, um, which really put me off doing a degree actually i'll be honest with you but um i asked a question about antibodies right so we all know about vaccines and everything how is it that your body's never seen a particular molecule but the first time it goes into your bloodstream 
you have cells that can produce the exact opposite configuration of the molecule so that it's an anti-body to it. How does that work? Because it's a ge genetics are involved in that, I presume. How does that work? Well, I wish I could answer your question completely because I'm not an immunologist, but it would go something like this. It'll effectively recognise everything that you are. And therefore, anything that you are not, it recognises as foreign. Yeah. Now, that's an amazing thing, which I think is the root of what I think is the root of what you're saying. So it knows all what your cells look like compared to anybody else's. It knows all the all the the things that are inside you. It yeah. recognises them because it's effectively like a trained system. Yeah. But then what happens is you have a set of cells where you have the DNA that encodes the antibodies. Yeah. To put it simply. Yeah. So there's a set of cells. T cells, B cells, you've heard of all these immunology cells. Uh, and, and some of these cells, can, they contain the genes. And we talked about genes. These genes are super complicated. Yeah. They contain regions that encode for the antibody and regions that don't. We call them, uh, it, feels like a, it feels like an undergraduate lecture now, we call them introns and exons. Oh, I love this. Yeah. It's almost like Marvel Comics now. It is like eggs, yeah. yeah. So the exons are the good guys. Yeah. Exons encode the bit for the protein normally. Yeah. And the introns are the stuff in between that we don't really use. Yeah. Right. But what that allows us to do is we have a set of components that we can tie up together with another set of components. This is not working already because I'm holding my hands to explain. And you splice them together. And we actually use the word splicing. Yeah. And you do this with lots of different bits that make up an antibody protein. Yeah. So you put lots of bits together. How how does it know? It doesn't know. Okay. It's got no brain. So how does it It just does it? lots of things and stores them away. Okay. And then they're selected for. The ones that are selected for are self. They recognise, they okay. know. Okay. The ones that are not selected for are just stored yeah. away. I wish and I so, had you as my professor back in 1981. <laughs> 19, wait, 1986, I was just finishing my PhD, yeah, yeah. so I was not qualified. <laughs> but you, So you have these cells that are ready to go, but they don't know they're ready to go. And then the foreign invasion happens and your white blood cells will recognise them and send a signal to these guys, wake up. Yeah, get multiplied the that. immune system is so complicated it's the weakest part of my biology knowledge of the immune system Ke it's, it's how long hard. have you been teaching Kev as a professor as a, uh, so as an academic, academic since 1994 so, so about 30 years okay and you no, can well, how long is that yeah 30 years you probably. can still hear the passion in your voice Oh, you nice. love it. I do love it. You yeah. can tell. I think that will transfer to the students. I hope. Uh, I sure think it it's yeah. a me. I mean, you know, if one of the questions I was going to ask you is saying that if somebody wants to go into your industry and learn in biology, my... you know, it's an industry. I mean, they could go and learn blooming um, gaming or something like that, or they could be uh, learn biology or something. Your that yours industry is far more interesting. Isn't it's not it? very well paid. <laughs> well, that's just uh, but it, that up then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. If let's say it is, you know, I was at, I've been at graduation today, and it's a, it's a it's a brilliant day in the life of an academic. And the honorary graduate was um, a very eminent plant biologist who I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know this guy, but he's got a whole string of you know brilliant accolades. But our, our, um, we had um, a graduate from a previous cohort come and tell people what he did. And his talk was inspiring because he, we trained him in microbiology and immunology back in the, in the 90s. And he'd gone off to a big company and then had been seconded into helping mass up the, uh, the, um, the COVID vaccines. And you thought, and and you thought, oh, I've been involved in his teaching, and then he's got all this experience, and it's his work for sure. But you've been involved in that world. Uh, we'll have and to you've get been him involved in, in that training. COVID vaccine. Yeah. We'll get him. Um, Dan yeah. Smith, fantastic yeah. guy. He'd love to come and talk. He lives in he lives in Cheshire. Uh, we're we're nearly the end of our time, right? So a couple more questions, and before we finish, right? So the big question is: Will research ever come to a stage where? you will stop death. Uh, oh, will it stop death? Because um, people people die for a reason, don't they? they you know, do they die, die for a reason? Well, yeah, I'm assuming uh, I'm the cells all just... Oh, yeah, okay. Dying. So, so, yeah, so could you switch the dying bit off? That's uh, what I mean. Yeah, you could do that, yeah. Yeah, so we sort of know how to do that in a few animals. There are animals that live forever, effectively, yeah. So what? there are flatworms. 
There's even sharks that, that are three or four hundred years old that live in the Arctic. So, so we sort of know some of these animals that can live a long time, and you can't and the cell, the cells of certain flat uh, flatworms, sorry, uh, uh, just go on forever. Yeah. So could you take the bit that that uh, stops the person dying from the flatworm? You could and put and then use that in the human body. I'm not saying it's ethical. No, yeah. Would you yeah. become flat though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dream of being flat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a spin-off. So. <laughs> yeah, you could. Question, you could. Yeah. It's a. It's another good question, Bill. Um. So in theory, if you knew enough about it, yes, you could. We know how chromosomes decay. Yeah. yeah and they're called telomeres, and we know how to. Con we know how about that control. We know how cells die through a process called apoptosis. Yeah. And we know another system called autophagy, where cells eat themselves. And cells are basically trying to die all the time, and we just keep them alive most okay. of the time. Okay, so you could mix these genes together from a, like one species sort of, to another. You could do that, yeah, if you, so, ethics allowed you. The film The Fly. Beautiful film. Okay. We, we got go. there in the end, I didn't we? I saw we, you we do got, that. We <laughs> got there in there. It was a long way round, yeah, but theoretically, that. He just won the film... <laughs> Orange. Sorry, there's another bet. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer's yes, then. We'll put that down as a yes. That's a definite yes. There's a clipboard here. It was a definite yes going It on. was a yes. Definitely yes. Um, Kev, you... Oh, last last thing. We've got to ask you. You wanted to ask group. Ken and Barbie. Oh, yeah. It's so current, so I, I need to know... Well, actually, I know... So I listened to one of your lectures online. It was very fascinating. <laughs> um, and... You know, you sort of slightly blew my mind because you talked about the paralytic gene. And I want to know, can you like look at someone, like let's say, for example, walking out the pub, and can you say that he's got a paralytic gene or not? No. You can't oh yeah. So the paralytic gene is very different. The paralytic gene in fruit flies controls how your neurons work. Oh, yeah. so it's not about drink or anything. No, it's not. I do work on a Another gene about drink. I'll tell you that story out, okay. out with the podcast. Oh, okay. But yeah. what about the Ken and Barbie gene? Oh, the Ken and Barbie gene, yes. Oh, I I've been waiting for that. Oh, yeah. Old Sorry, yeah. tell us about the Ken the and Barbie gene. The Ken and Barbie gene. Is this a real thing? It's a real thing, okay. yeah. So um, remember I told you I was working on flies and how they jumped? Yeah. yeah. And when you try to swap them. Fascinating. So one of the mutations, we we found a mutation in a fly gene, yeah. So what you do is I, I, I have a big bottle of flies and I shine a light at them. And then they're all, and I have a vacuum cleaner underneath. They're all clinging on. <laughs> they're just about to go, Poof. yeah, if they jump, they'll get. It's just for pure away. enjoyment. You're just, no, a, you're just no. a cruel man. No, no, this is <laughs> yeah. a real experiment okay. that, that all the flies, well, some, most of the flies survive. And what happens is you flash a shadow at them and they think there's something looming at them. They, uh, they get frightened and they jump, yeah? And then they go sucked away by the vacuum into a separate pot. They can go on and do other things that flies like to do, yeah? The other flies, they don't know what's going on. They've not seen the shadow, yeah? So either they've not seen the shadow or they can't jump or they, they could be something be wrong. They can't be asked. They yeah. could be, yeah. There is a mutation called couch potato which can't be asked. <laughs> you are just making this <laughs> making up. up. I'm, I'm sorry. If there's any students out there, he's making this up. I, I'll give you a whole lesson on, on Drosophila <laughs> fruit fly net genomes. But the, so the Ken and Barbie gene um, came potato. We, we screened lots of these flies and we found a mutation that didn't jump. So this right. is great. So what happened is we you have to find the gene. And that takes about a couple of years, a long time ago, back in the 90s. And we found it. And then we found that somebody else had got there before us to the gene, but not for the same reason. And what they'd found is they'd actually made a mutation looking for how genitals are made. Important work. Important work. Because we're always interested in size and shapes and all those sorts of things. Yep. So they found a mutation where the flies had no genitals. As a mutant. As a mutant. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Hang on a second. They can't pass that gene on. Yeah, they, so you have to have two copies that are mutants to stop you, yeah? Yeah, but if, they've got a mute, if they but, have got no genitals, how are they going to pass no, it on? No, no, no. So what you do is you have a fly that has normal genitals, but it has one mutant copy of the gene and one normal copy. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And therefore, its genitals are normal, yeah? Right. So it can pass on. But, and we, we have a genetic term. We call that heterozygous, yeah? The, the words are just flowing out of my mouth. Heterozygous. But if you breed them together, yeah, sometimes, about one in four times, you get 
homozygous mutants that carry both defective copies of the gene and they have no genitals. But I can still breed the other flies to make them. So these people called the gene. They looked at the what it looked like and they said it's got no genitals. What do we know that's got no genitals? The Ken, Ken and Barbie, Barbie dolls. Brilliant. Yeah. So they, the gene was called Ken and Barbie. And we'd found a new version. We'd found a different version of the gene that stopped the neurons working. So it had this gene makes a protein that has a role in making genitals, but it also has a role in making the brain of the fly work properly and making it jump properly. And so we worked on the Ken and Barbie gene for a long time. And in fact, we're still working on the Ken and Barbie gene and I've got one more project to go before I retire on the Ken and Barbie gene because we now know nine genes that it controls and we want to find out how they work. And are you going to see the film? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. I think well, it's fine. Why wouldn't you? you yeah, I, actually, I have a, my gown for my PhD is pink. Well, I, today go. I was dressed as Barbie. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. I think on that note, Luke, we ought to say thank I you for enjoyed that, that so much. I was so, we touch on so many things about the, the life of flies and how this. they really live from their point of view. Yeah. The fact that you can think a gene on and off. I mean, well, you're not is, at will, but this yeah. is a leading podcast now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll probably um, get sued. <laughs> Professor Kevin Marfitt, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Got him.